Hey, I'm Shannon. I'm Jenny. We're just a couple of friends who missed going out for lunch with our friends. So now we're doing it virtually. Come have a seat at our table. Welcome, Welcome to, to lunch, lunch with, with friends. friends. <laughs> Welcome back to Lunch with Friends. And by welcome back, I mean welcome to this month's edition. Uh, it's been a hot minute since our last one, or at least it feels that way to me. I'm Shannon, your host, along with my co-host, Jenny. Hello. Hey, Jenny. Hi. And today we have a super special guest, Jill. Jill, tell us about yourself. Hi there. Yes, I'm here uh, ready to eat some Amigos with you guys. I'm so excited to have lunch with you. Um, I've been noticing I'm been you know down the list um for the comics that you've chosen but that's okay that's okay I'll I'll uh, I'll accept that I'm, I'm just happy to be here um things about me oh geez um I'm a journalist that's my day job I do stand-up comedy in the evenings when I can um been doing that for a couple of years now although COVID kind of got in the way of quite a few things I think um Big passion of mine is skipping. I was on a performing skipping team when I was growing up. Are you serious? Dead serious. That's oh my amazing. goodness. Would I, joke, would I joke about such a thing? No. Yeah, maybe. But. <laughs> like double Dutch? Like double Dutch skipping? Yeah. Our big trick was the coaches would stand there with the double Dutch ropes and there was a mini trampoline behind one of the coaches and I'd come running up and jump over top of the coach into the double Dutch ropes and then i'd get a pogo ball do you remember pogo balls yeah yes yeah i'd be in there with the double dutch and the pogo balls too okay when was this amazing like this was in the 80s like as a child Uh, jump jump rope for heart was very uh vibrant program for sure and we were called i lived in a sheep farm north of melford and uh we were in this uh group called the reynolds country trickets what that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. How? So was it just like somebody moved from a big city to your small town and was like, we're going to start this up? Like, this is not a thing as far as I'm aware that children did across Canada. Yeah, I have no idea how this came to be and how it came to, but we, we performed for the premier. We performed all over the province. Holy cow. And taught Were you people- on Telemiracle? No, I was oh. never on Telemiracle. I, gosh, I wanted to be on Telemiracle, though, for something. Like singing or dancing. Like I did, I did ballet. I did, you know, all kinds of performing things. But yeah, I always wanted to be on Telemiracle. Well, never tried out even. Now you can as a comic. Yeah. Do they do that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Have comics, have comics on there? I could try yeah. out anyway. Okay. Okay, but what happened to this? What happened to the skippers? Now, where are they all now? Do you still talk to them? Did yeah, they give us the VH1 behind the music? Well, the weird thing was, so I used to work at CTV in Saskatoon, and uh, there was a reporter there named Jennifer Jellico, and mm-hmm. she was also from Melfort, and she was on the skipping team with me. And so, twenty years later, there we were working together uh, at CTV. And we've been these performing skippers before. Someone needs to do like a, I don't know. Where are they now? Yeah, like forget podcasts about, you know, true crime. Let's start a podcast about, or like a documentary about like weird, like, I want to, I want to know who's, who's, when, of of the skipping story. I want the story of the skippers. How many skippers are on a team? There was like 20 of us. 
we all had our little knee-high socks and oh my goodness. and poofy hair at the time, like the bangs, and they'd all bounce at the same time because they were all hairsprayed. Was it all girls? And, um, was it all girls? Guys could join. I'm trying. I I think there was the odd the odd fella. Yeah, I want to say there was some boys. Yeah. Well, this is great. I love this. But I was so in grade much. three, so that was uh, that's a little something about me. Way, um, what a way to start us off. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Jean? I rarely lead with the skipping team, so you know. We appreciate it. Yeah. I thought I should. Amazing. I thought I should. Okay, so we're eating from Amigos. Mm-hmm. So Amigos Cantina. Jill, why don't you tell us uh, why you picked Amigos? I picked Amigos because we are in a controversial time right now. Um, a lot of people um, were obviously still dealing with this pandemic. I thought Amigos showed a lot of bravery by coming out with its vaccination passports and uh, requiring its bans and um, patrons to use it. And so I want to support that. Right. Um, plus their food is just amazing. So I got an ancho chicken enchilada and um, I'm just drooling over it. It's, it's absolutely delicious. For people who are unaware, for our one listener who's not in Saskatoon. <laughs> um, hi, Carrie, my sister in Hong Kong. Uh, Amigos, <laughs> Amigos has a request or a rule that when people come for live concerts that they be vaccinated. And so you can eat there. It doesn't matter. Like they'll let you in to eat. It, they don't ask for So it's not like you can't use the facility. It's, I think it's mostly just because the space is not big. There are no windows. It is probably doesn't have the best ventilation. You get people crammed together dancing and I think they're doing it. I think it's probably a um, safety for their staff um, kind of thing. So yeah, so that's their rule. And a lot of people got upset about it. So, mm -hmm. but that's the thing. I'm like, it's not even, it's not like you can't cross the threshold. They're just requesting it for live concerts, which I think is fair. Yeah, so. I support it, um, obviously. And uh, wanted to support it uh, today for our lunch. Yeah, love it. I love Migos so much. So, so what, is, what is everybody um, eating? I've got the Pibbly Pork What do you tacos. have, Shannon? Because yours looks really good. I have the Pibbly Pork Tacos. Uh, I haven't had it in like two years. I think the last time I ate it was at a backroom show at Amigos for some comedy something or other. I thought about going with the nachos because they're the best freaking nachos in town. Probably the province. Possibly Western Canada. Possibly all of Canada. I don't know. I haven't tried all of the nachos, but I'm open to trying all the nachos to make an educated assessment. <laughs> it's still, it's still going to be amigos, but I wanted to go with something I haven't had in a really long time. So I went with the Pibbly Pork Tacos and they're so good. And one of my favorite things is it comes with just like a huge pile of shredded purple cabbage. I freaking love purple cabbage so much. Uh, so one of my first jobs ever, I worked at a Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen no longer exists. But we used to do all the vegetable prep for all of our salads. And one of the things was shredding all the purple cabbage. And so there was always just like big containers of shredded purple cabbage in the back cooler in the walk-in. I definitely did not sneak in there and just like steal like pinches of purple cabbage like throughout my shift anytime I had to go in the cooler. Uh, it's like no, who would that do that? Is, that would be who would? Wild. That would just be weird. That and the maraschino <laughs> cherries. Like who would? do that some animal probably but they're so good and yeah i super stoked that you cho chose amigos as well because 
not only with the pandemic thing, there's been some controversy in some performing arts spaces with certain events in the city. And they've shown just like a lot of support and backbone and just like made good choices regarding a lot of the shit that's come up this past year. Uh, and this restaurant's been around for almost as long as I've been alive. So like, I've never known a city without Amigos. It's just one of my favorite places in town. My first Amigos experience was when I was 23, 22. I did a cross-country road trip with my boyfriend. And we left Toronto. And it took us three months to get to Vancouver. So we did a real long trip. And I had a friend who was in grad school in Saskatoon. And we'd never been here. And it was October. And we got here and it was very cold. And, but it seemed like a nice town. And my friend who was, he'd only just moved here like a couple months before said, Hayden's coming to town. Hayden being the, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hayden, the darling of Indie Rock 1996. No, either one no, of you. I was <laughs> 10 years old. I remember Hayden. So anyway, Hayden was playing at this place called Amigos. And so we all went to see Hayden and I wasn't a huge Hayden fan, but my friend really loved him and like kind of knew him. And we ended up sitting at the merch table. I think anyway, the setup was different. Like it was 2001. So the setup was kind of different. I feel like I remember the bar being in a different location, but the one thing I remember is that, um, well, two things I stood out. One was that highballs were on special and the three of us were from Southern Ontario and we didn't know what highballs were because we didn't have drinks called highballs and so we decided I could go to the bar and ask what a highball was because I was the girl and they figured that the servers wouldn't be rude to me so I went up and I said what's a highball and they looked at me like I was crazy and they were like it's like alcohol and booze I was like oh like a mixed drink because <laughs> that's what we called them we called them mixed drinks we didn't call them highballs so anyway um and that was before you could just google things like I had to ask and then the other thing that stood out was people were talking it was during the first week of school oh I guess it wasn't October because it was the first week of school it was like frosh week and this was like a so there's a bunch of students there who were not there for Hayden they were talking and they were sitting in the back and Hayden asked people to shut up he was like come on guys I'm trying to sing and he was like really annoyed <laughs> with these kids who were talking and he then refused to come back to Saskatoon. And I was working with this guy a couple of years ago and Hayden was coming back to Saskatoon. Oh. And then my friend was really excited because he's like, oh, Hayden hasn't been here since 2001. And I was like, yeah, I was there. He's like, oh, you were at that concert? You saw when Hayden like decided to boycott Saskatoon because people were talking anyway I apparently I was at a well which means nothing to the two of you but for old people I guess it was a big deal and um very exciting and uh, I was there so that was yeah my, you were that was my amigos experience so then when I finally when I ended up moving here like 10 years later or whatever um I was like I remember this place and I ended up going to amigos and uh yeah it's a, uh, it's definitely, it, I do a lot of shows there. And I, uh, I joke that like, it's owned by like, a like amigos, like three old men friends, not old, but they're like, you know, older guys. And I think what they've been doing is really cool because they're just like these old guys who are, who are doing it right. Like they're responding to the community and especially their stance on like, um, like they put in gender neutral washrooms. Cause they're like, why not? People seem to want them. Like, they're just like old guys who 
who you would look at and be like, oh, those are the guys who are holding fast to their, to the way things were. And I think of them as they're just like rolling with the changes and they're They're really progressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a kind of an unusual, like it's a stereotype. Like I would assume that there's a stereotype about that kind of restaurant owner and these guys are not them. And I think of them kind of as like, uh, like maybe like my dad's and they, this is their, like, when I put on shows there, I'm like, I'm just going to rummage around in the back room and find shit. And they're like, sure, do whatever. We trust you. So this kind of like, you know, putting on shows in my dad's basement and my dad turns out to be cooler than I thought he was. Anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> what are you eating, Jenny? Oh, I'm eating the um, tomatillo beef enchilada, which... Um, it has rice and beans and like a green tomatillo is like the green salsa mm-hmm. green tomato salsa and um i don't always eat this but whenever my partner gets food from there that's what he gets and then i'm always like i want to eat that one so i <laughs> he got it today too so i was like i'll just get it so i don't eat his nice yeah. so so what's been going on so I went and did um, a show, a comedy show that I haven't done in a long time now. I went to the Comedy Pit last oh, Tuesday all right. and, and uh, performed for that one. So they're trying to find the funniest person with a day job. And when they were first advertising it, I didn't have a job at the time. I thought, do I need one <laughs> to be able to take part? But uh, so I went and did that. That was an interesting. The people at the front did not want to laugh. Like for anybody, really? it wasn't just me. It was very odd. Just what I've noticed is some of the people that come to comedy shows. Like, they, did, did they know there was going to be a comedy show? Because I find sometimes in places here, people come to like a pub or a bar or place and have no like, idea. dinner. And then all of a sudden it's like, surprise, there's a comedy show. And they're like, fuck. So, yeah, that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they show up on purpose, do you think? Like, didn't they did? They were actually friends. This? They were friends of another comics, and I don't think they laughed for him either. <laughs> Yikes. But it's very unnerving when they're in the front row like that. If they're in the back, that's that's something different. But I'm just, I'm not experienced enough to be used to that or to not get thrown off by it at times, I think. I, like, think I don't know if you guys get used to it. I think I've told the story before, Jill, um, on this podcast. So if anyone's a repeat listener, my apologies. Um, I don't laugh ever the only people who can make me laugh are like my children and sometimes I have to force it like I'm just not a laugher and I am that person but I'm also aware like that's why I try not to sit in the front because I'm like ah they're gonna freak out when they see me not laughing but I do remember once um doing a show at Bud's and the audience there never laughs and because they're just there to drink and I was I told a joke and nobody laughed and I said I don't laugh either. It's okay. I know you're laughing inside. I don't take it personally that you're not laughing. And I said, I sometimes feel like I should hand out little flags so that every time you, if you're like me and you're not a laugher, you can wave your little flag. So I know you found it funny. And then later I said another joke and nobody laughed and a drunk man from the back of buds yelled, I'm waving my flag. (laughs) So, um, but it's rare to get a group of non-laughers. Like I'll go to places with people and be the only person not laughing, but it's weird that there was a, 
a block of non-laughers. Like that's odd. That would be hard. That was the whole family. So imagine those family dinners, right? This was this was the comedian's family that was wow. there. And family and friends that you invite. And and uh, so just imagine those family dinners and how quiet they must be. That's all I could think of. Maybe they were trying to, they don't like that this is his life plan. And they're trying to dis- dismiss, like, they're trying to be like, nobody finds you funny. So they went and they're like, we can go to support, but we will not laugh because we don't want to encourage it. Yeah, we're going to be, we're going to show our disapproval this way. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah, so I went and did that, but there were people laughing in the back and that made me feel good about myself. And nice. so able to get on stage again um, sometime in the near future, I hope. But um, that's, I haven't been doing a lot of open mics even. Um, I've just, you get, some of the rooms are are uh, a little tough which are, it's a lot of fun because uh, mm-hmm. you end up sort of doing it for the other comics almost when you get in there. Cause it, like the vast majority of, I think are open mics are people that are at the bar that didn't plan to join in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's hard. I'm anxious. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know that I trust all the people there with me to be cautious. And I don't know it's hard. I have two little kids and it's really tough to think about going and bringing home illness. So, but yes, you know what I mean, and what makes it worth it? Yeah. I was getting sketched out about going, even like going out in public and it's like, um, it's not going to get better for the next little while. That's for sure. Like, I don't think we've peaked yet as far as illness goes. So, um, it's one of those, one of those things you just have to way out I guess and when you got little kids at home like I've got a couple little ones too um and one older one who's vaccinated but um there's two of them in our house that can't be you know and so you try to protect them right as much as you can yeah it's tough I don't know I I suppose at some point I'll get out there get out there (laughs) it's hard it's hard when you haven't done stand-up in a long time because I always feel like I'm, 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 there's not very many women who do it. And then most people are younger. And so when I go out, I feel like I already have two strikes against me. I'm like, I'm a girl and I'm in my forties and I'm a mom. And there's already those things. I'm like, oh, does anyone want to hear what I have to say to begin with? And now I'm like, oh, and now I have to, the hurdle of the fact that all these guys have been getting together this whole time which is hard. Well, there's, there's that, but it, the, the subject matter that you're doing, like I've got lots of new stuff, but I find that um, the rooms that you go to, they're not appropriate for those particular rooms. Yeah. Um, like with the audience that's going to be there. Right. Because yeah. I'm also in my forties and a mom and are you really in your forties? I am. I'm 41. Are you? I am. Wow. Yeah. Well, welcome. Hello. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Practically twins. Yeah. Practically. practically practically yeah I don't know it's hard it's uh and then we used to have the you know the women's show and then that's gone and anyway but I don't know if I'm making excuses to not go out oh I'm scared of the disease and yet I you know I think that's a very valid fear because especially with the variants that we're seeing crop up right now they're hitting kids it's little ones that can't get vaccinated that are getting hit getting sick and and yet I send my child to school yeah, mine's doing online school again. So we'll see how that goes. But. Yeah. Jill, are your kids in school? Oh, yeah, they're in school. Yeah, all three of them there. And uh, one just started kindergarten. So just started school, I guess, um, this 
past week, which is just adorable. Um, I feel like, like it, it's hard sending them and you do worry, but they also, they need to learn like they, they need it, you yeah. know? So it's, it's make it as safe as you can for them. And I'm glad that uh, some of the schools and the school boards decided to go full masks and, yeah. and stuff for the high school students as well. And going through that way. So it's these, these things that you think of and you worry about, right? Yeah. And then, and then you wonder like material wise, you know, how sick are people of listening to stuff about the pandemic or living in the pandemic? Are they open to hearing some material on the pandemic and yeah. being able to laugh about it right now? Or yeah. is it just so much fatigue that it's just not there? Yeah. Anyway. Yes, I was wow. hoping that by the time we record, I was like, maybe our next recording, we can be in person. <laughs> I thought so too, when you first asked me, and then it just kind of went again. Yeah. Just got worse again, but this is okay. You guys have a good setup as far as how this goes. You could keep doing this, you know, for forever. Indefinitely. Yeah. yeah this one's yep. pretty flexible. Like if, if either one of us had to be out of town, if we wanted, we could still set stuff up. We, we've done guests from out of town because they don't have to be at a restaurant at a table with us I don't even have to wear pants like it's a plus uh do enjoy that part um you're not wearing pants right now you're not wrong <laughs> I'm wearing shorts Shannon Shannon how was the Broadway street fair for you it was kind of windy and chilly yesterday I think that played into it like it was good for people watching. There are so many dogs to look at and pet. And so that's always a plus, but I definitely expected it to be busier than it was. Um, but people were pretty chill overall and it was a nice day and had a lot of fun because just something different to do. Uh, I was working at the showroom for the company I work at there. And so we got to like show off some cool stuff and like hang outside and have extra staff on hand. So I got to hang out with some different staff that day. So that was nice. Uh, one of our customers came by and brought his cat with him in a cat carrier. And this cat was so cute. And I just about died because it's a big fluffy white one and it has different colored eyes. One's blue, one's green. And I just loved it. It's, it wasn't bad, but I expected it to be busier than it was. But I think um, the threat of rain and chilly weather definitely put a damper on it hmm. I was um driving back to we were okay so we went to we hadn't gone anywhere all summer and my child really wanted to go camping like the older one and so we were like okay well we'll go our compromise was we went and rented a I mean I was telling people we were renting a cabin but it was I mean we we stayed in a hostel in Jasper and um, so we went, we basically had a room to ourselves in this hostel. And so we all, sh we, everybody slept in a bunk bed, the four nice. of us in bunk bed. <laughs> and then um, we, there was no running water. There were no, no showers and there was a communal kitchen. So you like, you know, we had to teach, we, we label our food. And we put like, so, so the kid was the eight-year-old was like, this is what a, this is what it's like to go backpacking in Europe. So anyway, we <laughs> explained how hostels work and, um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting because then we would go hiking during the day, but they would, they kept you out of your cabin between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. 
so hosteling international has this rule that you can't i guess that you can't access the rooms and it's probably safety and to stop people from like sleeping all day or stealing or whatever right so we had to be out of the hostel and so we would hike around and then we went to Jasper and like visit. And it was odd. Cause I was like, is there a pandemic? Because I don't feel like there is like every, there were tourists. Everybody was like, there were people from all over the world. People were out having fun. I mean, everybody was masked because it's um, Alberta. And so they had a mask mandate, um, but it really didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was you could and like we didn't have any cell reception so I wasn't like reading the news or whatever or looking at social media and then we were driving back and I was like oh I should probably check and see what's been happening in Saskatoon (laughs) (laughs) so then I turned on I was like oh my god things are so much worse um so then I'm like frantically checking like is my kid's school still open (laughs) like I don't know and that was really annoying because for like seven days we were able to pretend it wasn't happening anyway so we drove back yesterday and I was just like "Mm, I don't want to do this but we missed the street fair Shannon I'm sorry that's okay we didn't miss tons it was still pretty good we were across the street from one of the the outdoor music stage so we got some pretty good tunes happening all day so that was nice nice anyway yeah so that was uh I was like do we but it was really weird to be like, let's go to Alberta. And I was like, out of the frying pan into the fire. I was like, <laughs> but camping does feel like it does feel really normal. It, it's, it's one of the only normal feelings that, that we've had or holidays that we've had in the last year and a half for our family anyway, is out camping. You're just, you're dirty. You're in a tent, you're in a wet tent, you know, all those things that are unpleasant about being camping are still there for us uh even in a pandemic which is lovely yes <laughs> yes the um the baby was funny we he's really into walking so we were like oh he can walk the trail so we didn't bring a carrier because we didn't have him a lot of space in the car and then of course he decided not to walk so we carried him on like these epic hikes <laughs> just <laughs> taking turns holding luckily he's extremely tiny like he's really light but still, he's, you know, 20 pounds. Of that's enough. Following a 20-pound baby up a mountainside, anyway. But, They're feeling yeah, that's, that's, that's That's still sack of potatoes weight, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was my good, ex- it was good exercise. Good exercise. Just got to keep telling yourself that or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, Jill, I'm glad you went and did that show. I am too. It's been fun. Um. I've uh, been trying to work on my first, like really getting a solid 10 minutes mm-hmm. going. Um, Cause I hear that's what you're supposed to do when you get going and, you know, get your solid 10 or solid five first and then your 10, whatever yeah. it was. But I had a chance to do some stuff at the fringe festival this oh, summer. Yeah. With, yeah. with uh, Sean Cuthand and Danny Knight with their show, which was great. It was really, uh, I was super pleased to have been asked to do that and did some lawn chair laughs earlier this summer as well so or in the spring so it's been it's been good I feel like I've started to get that to come together nicely and and uh, like I said I've got some new material that I want to try out it's just it's weird when you know it's gonna go you're headed to a room where that's not gonna land it's hard to test it to see if it'll land on other people right yeah yeah, and I think like I did those uh, the fridge show as well, and those were 
excellent shows. They were lots of fun, but that was the first stand-up I'd done in like a year, um, probably more. And all my stuff felt like very before times I had written a tiny bit of new stuff, but because I haven't been going to open mics because I don't want to be in a bar right now, uh, I hadn't really tested it on much of anybody except maybe my coworkers, my poor coworkers. I, uh, I start ripping jokes at work all the time. They're very nice. They enjoy it. They actually came to a, some of my friend shows and were like, yeah, you're so funny. I'm like, great. You're getting extra points on your review this year. Um, but yeah, I found it like, it's tough because I still don't want to go to open mics yet. But like writing new stuff and like you're saying, like not everything is appropriate to every room. And a lot of the stuff I do is, I don't know, I have to find my my space. It always, not always, but a lot of it would go over while it like Women Crush Wednesday because that just that room had had that vibe. They're my people, I guess. Um, but doesn't always go over well in like more traditional. Well, it's funny if you think spaces. about the rooms that are running in Saskatoon right now, there's Ari, Trevor, Fabian, Danny, and Sean. And it's all these dudes, these men. And I mean, it's fine. I think Danny and Sean's space is probably the most like relaxed and friendly to me. <laughs> but I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to start one up. Like, and that makes me sad because I really wanted to start one. Um, Shannon and I were talking about starting one that was a little more like, hey, are you a misfit? Are you are you a weirdo? Do you feel like nobody wants to hear your jokes because you're an old lady or whatever? <laughs> or are you, you know, you don't fit the mold of dudes in those rooms. But that's the thing is I'm like, I want to start one, but I, it seems so risky. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm annoyed. Maybe we need, I don't, is anyone doing online shows anymore? I just, I don't want to. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know some people are still, still doing that, but I don't, I don't know that there's a regular one, right? I think it's just the odd show that happens to be set up. It's a Zoom show. Um, but it'd be interesting to explore the idea of starting up a, a room, a Zoom, if you started up as a Zoom room yeah. to begin with and see what happens, right? um as a as a performer it's so weird to do it over zoom when you're not hearing laughing like you have to yeah. train yourself to pause and assume that there's going to be something of a laugh you know you hope yeah. That yeah. yeah the people on the other end are laughing right yeah that's a good point maybe that's where everyone needs to make their own flags right their own laughter flags. Flags. Jill, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I realize I actually don't know how you started in stand-up. Like, what was your, you just showed up one day and I was like, who's this girl? What's going on? Yeah. So my mom had always said, she's like, you're going to end up being the prime minister or a stand-up comic. It's either one, just the way you are. And I don't speak French. So uh, that only really left the stand-up comedy thing for me. And I, I've, every year at my birthday, I write a bucket list <laughs> of things that I want to get done. Right. And stand-up comedy had been up there for years, four, five, six years. And I remember going to, I was like, I'm just going to start checking it out. I'm going to start going to these open mics and seeing what I can see. And so I went to the comedy lab and I was watching and I, I went just a couple of times just to watch. I didn't sign up. 
And I thought, no, I can run with these guys. Like, I think I can, I think I can do something here. So, um, so I signed up and I, I didn't tell anybody I was doing it at first, but uh, this was when I was still uh, running CTV. Uh, some of my reporters found out about it and showed up anyway. And I remember uh, when I was sitting there before I went up, uh, before the reporters showed up, I was like, oh, I kind of wish I had invited people. This is kind of intimidating now, <laughs> but I didn't want people to just like, laugh out of pity because they knew me I wanted to know if I was actually funny you know so it was interesting to have them show up and it was great to have that support and it was a really good experience I've just found that everybody in the comedy community in Saskatoon has been super supportive and um, has been um, welcoming I think to to my kind of humor and and supportive that way, which has been great um, because it's a really scary thing to decide to get up and do. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad everyone was nice. That's good. Yeah, everyone was nice. Yeah, that's that's the takeaway here. Everybody was nice to me, which was uh, it just encouraging, right? So then you just keep going, yeah. and keep going and doing it. So. That's awesome. Cool. That's good. Not my ever- first bit. My first bit was about how um, when you almost hit somebody with your car, it becomes really important for you to let them know that you're very upset as the driver. So you're sitting there going, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And you really play it up much more so than you ever would. And so that was my sort of first bit. And it, uh, it was very, it's sort of more physical comedy, I suppose, than what you can hear on a podcast. But uh, um, yeah, we've come a long way. <laughs> that's cool I think the first time i at least i recall seeing you i may have seen you at combula before i don't remember it all kind of blurs together sometimes um i that i really recall though is at at vista at a woman crush wednesday show and you had done some stuff i think about i think it was you put your mom being a hippie I'm pretty sure yeah and just like crushing yeah it's like who is she all right fresh blood oh, thanks yeah. yeah I have a lot of fodder for my family that's for sure and I use their uh use my family in my comedy a lot <laughs> that's awesome and how does your family feel about that well, they've never seen me. Um, I've pretty much made sure my mom has never watched the hippie video. Like I took it off of Instagram when I realized she was on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love talk it. about a magnesium issue that does give some diarrhea uh, situations mm-hmm. happening and it, it is discussed. Uh, so they know that the subject matter is there, but um, they certainly uh, haven't actually watched me. It's my mom and my dad for the most part. My brothers and sisters, like there's there's eight of us. Um, oh, wow. They, yeah, there's a bunch of us. They they have seen parts of it. And they just think it's hilarious. Um, but I, I don't know exactly how um, my mom and dad would fully react uh, to watching it. I mean, they'd support me for sure, but I think they'd be a little embarrassed probably. My dad, I think one of his greatest uh, accomplishments in life would be if, like, and dreams would be if I made fun of him and wrote jokes <laughs> about him. He would absolutely love that. My mother has told me several times, you don't talk about me, do you? No, mom. You better not. Well, no, mom, I don't talk about you because I'm fucking scared to talk about you. Like, I'm not going to do it. Oh, my God. 
like, yeah, they know it's fair I game. I was like so afraid to like invite her out to my comedy shows. Like my mom's not mean or anything. She's just, she's one of those people that'll sit in the front row and not laugh. She doesn't not support me doing comedy. She thinks it's great. And she's always been super supportive of like everything I do, but she's not a laugher. And the first time she came to one of my improv shows, uh, and I was still going by my stage name, Roar, at the time. After my show, the only thing she said to me was, your name's not Roar. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, I was like, okay. You so need to, I, yeah. You need to give her a little flag so that she can wait. I, I guess. Um, but they have seen, my mom and dad have both seen me do stand-up. I did a show at Clark's Crossing a few years ago when Danny was hosting shows there. And so I opened for Mike Dambra um, there. And my dad was a champ. My mom, uh, I was just like, I hadn't seen Dambra before at that point. So I didn't Uh. know what his style was. Uh, And I was like, just, oh my God, please don't pick my mother. Please don't pick my mother. Like, yes, he does a lot of insulting crowd work. Yeah, like it's all crowd work and stuff. And so he just picks a few marks in the crowd and then it's all canned material but he picks these marks and then just riffs on them and the people who love it absolutely love it and it works well for him and he's you know done great with it but like if he had picked my mom i'm pretty sure she would have just left like she would get up and leave uh but she said she said it was much nicer that time about my comedy and was like yeah i know you did a great job i thought you were really funny and i was like oh okay cool my dad thought all of it was great he's not a hard man to please and it's just like laughing his face off the whole time. So That's it, nice. has, it has improved. But uh, I also talk about a lot of stuff that my parents don't necessarily know about me on stage. And sometimes I think about that's probably the best way slash worst way for them ever to find out a lot of stuff about me. It's like, oh, hey, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Here, Here we go. go. By the way. Yeah. That's funny. My family has never seen me because they live far away. Yeah, that'll do it. Pros and cons, benefits. Okay, so we're about to wrap up here, Jill. But before we go, Shannon and I always like to ask what your uh, most memorable meal is. So please tell us about it. All right, so ice cream counts, right, as a meal? Yes. Yeah, it does. Okay, good. Uh, so I was in Arizona. I was at some ghost town. I have no idea the name of it. I get car sick in the car. And so mm-hmm. I can't even navigate or help look on a map. So I have no idea where I was, but I was there with my ex-husband, uh, still married at the time. And we had looked through this like reptile cage. Uh, there was this whole saloon situation going on, but there was an ice cream shop there. And in it, they had waffle cones, which I'm normally, yeah, I'll take a waffle cone for sure, but these were freshly made. I don't know if you've ever had an ice cream cone with a freshly made waffle cone, but they, it was, it was divine. It was the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And still is, I think to this day, it was, um, I don't even remember what kind of ice cream I had. It could have been vanilla. It could have been the most boring ice cream, but this waffle cone was the best thing I've ever eaten. It was fantastic. That was the best meal I've had. So do you think if you'd had that waffle cone in a, in a mall, it would have been as good? No, no. It was everything to do with the setting, the desert, the hot, you know, the hot temperatures that we'd been just been walking through all of it all at once for sure. That's nice. I'm jealous. I could go for a good waffle cone right now too, actually. Right. We're sitting here going, 
I'm pretty sure Fable's open. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll meet there right after, guys. Maybe. We'll go see you at Fable. Well, thanks so much for chatting today. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. All right. So do you have anything you want to plug anywhere? People can find you online, on TV, I don't, I don't know, shows. Well, I have an Instagram account that, uh, that I do. It's called at generic Jill comedy. Uh, so people can follow me on there and I usually post if I have a show coming up or if I'm going to be, uh, hitting an open mic, if people want to watch, they can check it out. Awesome. So we'll keep, we'll post that on or tag it on our Instagram as well. So folks can find it. Uh, and yeah, thanks for joining us. Jenny, thanks for getting lunch today. Yeah, you're Amigos, welcome. thanks you. for making great lunch. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for having lunch with us, friends. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being a friend. Facebook at Lunch with Friends Pod on Instagram at Lunch with Friends SK, and you can join our Patreon, which is just the simple Lunch with Friends. Shannon, tell us about the Patreon. Our Patreon has three sweet tiers with some cool exclusives. All the money donated through our Lunch with Friends Patreon goes to buying lunch for the friends. Also, upgrading recording setups and any sort of podcast needs as we go. Any excess we have will be periodically donated to various organizations in our community helping to battle food insecurities.